0: Adunulambito Buroka Naka Bodu Sankitanaya Kapituro Kamalaya Daksho Vishwamboro Vija Boro Yugodharma Palu Bandi Chagat Priyakaro Karunavutaro Sisi Gauditanaki Jai Jai Sikhuri Vashnabu Panpragi Jai so in our last reading we Approach the final section of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's instructions to Rupa Goswami, it's the 19th chapter of Madhya Chaitanya Charitamrita. And this chapter, of course, begins with the meeting between Rupa Goswami and, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Prayag, in connection with Balabha, Charja, and other devotees whom Mahaprabhu left Vrindavan with ostensibly on the plea of taking advantage of an auspicious day to bathe in the confluence of the three rivers at Prayag, the Ganga, the Jamuna and the invisible saraswati But as we've discussed Rupa Goswami, the dear most of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was coming, he was on his way to Vrindavan at the time Mahaprabhu was in Vrindavan. It's almost as if he couldn't wait to meet with Rupa Goswami and this is what drew him out of Vrindavan. What else could draw him out? So, at any rate, they met and then the humility of the two, Rupa was there with his brother Anupam, was uh, underscored and teachings began with a humble heart. They approached Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he instructed them in all of the Largely the theology of, of Gaudiya Vaishnava, some, some philosophy, but mostly the theology, which then gave rise to the book, most important book of Rupa Goswami, Rasamrita Sindhu. So, coming to the end of this section of the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to Rupa Goswami, we may be able to complete it this evening. Shantarase Sarup Bhutye. Krishnaika Nishtha Samo man iti Gatha So Mahaprabhu wants to discuss in brief the five primary types of relationships with Krishna. When we develop love of Krishna then we our love takes a particular shape in the form of one of five primary relationships, the first of which is Shanta. Shanta Rase, Swarup Buddhi Nishtata. So he's describing the characteristics of one who has attained this exalted state. And it says here that uh, these characteristics include Swarup Buddha, means self-realization. and Krishnaika Nishtata, devotion. Here it's mentioned to Krishna. Krishnaika nishtata, so uh, uh, affection for him, shama, man nishtata budhe, equilibrium and attachment for Krishna. These are the characteristics of a person in shantarasa. Shanta and the word sama. Are synonyms in this regard, and sama means equality. So what this is describing is a kind of passive adoration, if you will. It's often indulged in in the form of meditation upon the Lord, rather than having the direct darshan of the Lord, which is also a possibility of uh, of Shantarasa But many liberated devotees in Shantarasa will would be absorbed in meditation on the lord and and see him personally very seldom others may see him more often both divisions of this experience are there there are different kinds of shanta bhaktas who have this kind of love and one type are those who come to this position by direct culture of devotion another type is a group that is pursuing something other than devotion such as liberation salvation to get free from the negative uh, influence of material existence is not devotion that's included within what the results of, of a devotional life but some people pursue that in and of itself exclusive of devotion they can't really attain it without devotion so those who are wise truly and want liberation they factor devotion into their the equation of their pursuit and then they can get liberation but some of those devotees when engaging in devotional practices the kind of, the likes of which are described by Rupa Swami Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu the ungas or the limbs of, of bhakti or which has been described by Prahlad, Navalakshan Bhakti, when they engage in these things uh, as a a kind of an express path towards attaining liberation. One of the principal Ganis or knowledgeable people, who are ostensibly uninterested in devotion, was Shankar, and he liked to portray those who factored bhakti into the equation of their pursuit of liberation to be less intelligent. He characterized them as being less intelligent that just by bichar alone their brain was not big enough, their analytical power to distinguish between matter and spirit was not strong enough. This is really what he meant. And therefore they factored in, in devotion. They they succumbed, that is to say, to their emotional side, and but did it in such a way that it purified them and gave them the, the proper power discrimination this is how he would describe it of course in a school of bhakti we look at it very differently we say that the emotional side is more powerful than the power of discrimination and as this is true in the material world where we say I know but I feel like this and I'm going to do like this so it's true on the other side also in other words knowledge of the self, knowledge of the difference between matter and 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 spirit and the discrimination that's involved in that uh, which is a powerful uh, exercise of of our intellectual faculty the most powerful uh, exercise most refined exercise of our intellect is not as powerful of a means of connecting us with God as devotion which is an emotive type of uh, expression and experience and ultimately, devotion that arises as it should out of the plane of proper knowledge and understanding. In other words, if we understand theoretically, what's what, what's matter, what's spirit, what am I, and so forth and so on. Who is God? Was my relationship in a basic sense? That I'm servant of God. I'm, I'm not matter. I'm not this body. Uh, the devotion that arises out of this type of foundation that has not only the power to affect liberation, it has the power to retire even that power of, of spiritual discrimination and land us, for example, in the plane of devotion to Krishna, where the godhood of Krishna is suppressed, the knowledge that he's God is suppressed, so that there can be a sharing of intimacy in love. So, we put stress on the emotive aspect of Of existence. But with regard to Shankar and his characterization of those seeking liberation that factored bhakti into the equation of their pursuit, his characterization of them as being less intelligent, he's taken a very dubious position there. First of all, there are many, many intelligent, very, very intelligent people who have done that, like Ramanuja, Madhva. These were giants, intellectual giants. Who were bhaktas, they didn't factor bhakti into their equation to get liberation. They did, in a sense. They pursue a devotional type of, of liberation. Even amongst those in the school of Shankar who want liberation and factor bhakti in, are they less intelligent? If that's an easy way to go, is it less intelligent to take the easy way? If you have your choice, you can go the stairs or you can take the elevator. And, and it's a high building, then is it less intelligent to take the easy way? Or is it a pride to say, oh, I just, my, my intellect, I'll not take a lesser path. What is the difference? How do you want to go there? <laughs> what do you want? This is the wisdom of a, of a devotee and a true spiritual seeker. He knows what he wants and figures out how to get it. It doesn't really matter how to get it, what people characterize me at one as one way or another, or whatever, whatever people think. However I can get it, as soon as I can get it, I, I will take it. That's real intelligence. So, at any rate, some of those gyanis seeking liberation, who factor bhakti into the equation of their pursuit, sometimes become attracted to bhakti. And then they lose interest in the idea of mukti in and of itself, and they develop to the point of, of shantarasa. Only when the ideal of mukti becomes subordinated to the bhakti, not when it, becomes, when it is the ideal to be sought after through bhakti, but when factoring bhakti in with that in mind, sometimes bhakti gets the upper hand and becomes more attracted to them in and of itself. And liberation then becomes secondary in their consideration. Then they get to this they can arrive at this exalted position of of Shantarasa, passive adoration of the Lord, which is generally focused on the Paramatma, the concept of the Lord being the supreme Brahman. Uh, Four handed uh, appearance of Krishna, which is an appearance of the Lord with uh, aishvarya uh, For the most part, this is how it uh, expresses itself. You may notice, have noticed, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has not mentioned this Shantarasa in terms of what he came to talk about. He's talked about here to Rupa Goswami because he's talking about the whole world of religious and spiritual experience. But what he came to give, was the mellows of Braj, dasya, sakya, vatsalya, Madhurya in particular. There may be some kind of shanta in the realm of Goloka. Sometimes samacharids have spoken about it, but Mahabharata was not interested in that. Passive adoration, his teachings are not very, very interested in. Therefore he began with the mellows of dasya, which means servitude and sakya, friendship and parental love and conjugal love for God which are to be still described in this section so here again first of all Mahabharata was speaking about Shantarasa he quotes uh, now a verse this is Krishna's Kaviraj of course Mahabharata was speaking through his pen so as we've seen the way this book works is Kaviraj the author will pen a a Bengali verse and uh, and then he will give a verse from the uh, scripture in Sanskrit to support his opinion. So this is a verse from Bhakti to Sindhu. This book was obviously written after Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, the book of Rupa Vasami that is drawn from the teachings that he actually heard from Mahaprabhu at this place. Samo man nishtatha iti shri bhagavadvacha ta nishtha durgatha etam shantaratim These are the words of the Supreme God. When one's intelligence is fully attra- attached to my lotus feet, but one does not render practical service, one has attained the state called Shantarati or Shama. Without Shantarati, attachment to Krishna is very difficult to achieve. There's actually a verse from Bhagavatam that is cited in Chaitanya, in bhakti rasamrita by Rupa Goswami. Interesting point here worth mentioning. Excuse, excuse me, that is not a verse from Bhagavatam. The next is a verse from Bhagavatam that's very similar to it, that Rupa Goswami cites after giving his own Sanskrit verse, which is the one we just heard, following the same type of system that I just described as the system of Krishna, Skabirash Goswami, and all the great authors in the Gaudi tradition, where they support what they've said with a verse from the scripture. Uh, But an interesting uh, point here that that, uh, arises and kind of sticks out at us is that it's mentioned when he does not uh, render practical service he has a full love of God as a Shanta Bhakta he's in passive adoration of the Lord Prahlad is an example we don't find that Prahlad rendered any practical service to the day. he just meditated on Krishna under the duress of his father he did speak about Krishna but what's being talked about well, it not isn't isn't preaching service so what's being talked about here, though, is service in the Leela. this is service. Service in the Leela of Krishna, that is far more endearing to Krishna than what we may do here. That's his own realm. What makes this endearing is it, is it, a, is it a service rendered here? Is it even preaching preaching that draws us there? So Shanta Bhakti may do all types of things. Like Bernad was preaching, like we do, so many things. But service is consi- we're talking about service proper. So all of this service is, I uh, say, like like apprenticeship, something that's all for our purification. And the um, deity worship, for example, is largely, as I've said before, symbolic. it doesn't mean that at one point we do away with the deities, but. Now we say, oh, manacmaniyam, padyamam, all these type of things. And it's rather uh, ritualistic, symbolic. And if we are successful in that, we can enter into direct service. So sometimes I bring this up because sometimes devotees say something like, well, it's all about service, right? Somebody said, the Hare Krishna mantra means... Oh my dear Krishna, oh energy of Krishna, please engage me in your service. So the whole idea is to do service, right? So why, why bother chanting? Let's just get busy, and and get to work and do service for Krishna. But this uh, well, betrays a, a very much of a lack of understanding. What is Krishna? Where is Krishna? What does it mean to serve Krishna? You, you won't get that understanding from from serving a Vaishnav. You won't come up with that kind of a conclusion by serving a Vaishnava. This is where we find real service to Krishna, by serving a devotee of Krishna who could teach us who is Krishna and what does it mean to serve Krishna. So it's not just to busy yourself. That may be useful and it may help us, but we keep busy in all these activities that the mind may become stilled, purified. The heart may become purified, the mind may become purified. And we become absorbed with our minds in thoughts of Krishna. Does, does this not have something to do with love? Thinking about someone who you love all the time, preoccupied. Yes, it does very much. So we we hope to arrive at such a state, and then from there, inwardly we can do, uh, render service, in the leela. Now we don't stress this in such a way that it's inordinate, and people don't don't do anything in the name of meditation. And then it requires. Uh, some purification, so we should keep busy. We should emphasize scrubbing them and mopping them as much as we do shravining them and kirtaning them at, at some point. But we shouldn't think that just just keeping busy is what this is all about. It's a higher idea, in a sense, or a higher misconception, I could say, than than a common Christian misconception, which is to give a parallel, just like serving the people in the world is. Service to God. And they say it in Hinduism also. Jan save, Hadi save. They serve the people, that's service to God. By serving people, that's service to God. By feeding hungry people, you're, you're pleasing God. By helping people uh, who are um, diseased, this is service to God. Where's God in all? What about the person of God? Those may be good things to do, but where is God in all that? The personality of God Himself, does He have a place? Does He have any, uh, is He doing anything? Is there anything going on there? Uh, Is there any possibility of relationship with Him? Your relationship with, what is your relationship with me is feeding a poor person. That's rather removed. You follow. So, if you put this in a a devotional context of of confusion, it's like keeping busy uh, only. And it's almost it, it. gets to the point of it, almost f- forgetting about Krishna. We get with they people. They say we have to preach, and uh, even if I don't go back to Godhead, and I'm just going to preach, and uh, that's a nice idea. But that's you're just you're really just using that as an excuse not to do the harder work of actually fixing your mind on Krishna. And like we said, sometimes there's that famous Buddhist book, you know, the saying, "Don't just sit there." do something there's a book with a title don't just do something sit there so there's a place for that also uh, there's a place for understanding what the books that you're distributing mean what's being said there in some detail and in uh, all these things and there's a spiritual there is a spiritual world and we should become somewhat acquainted with it theoretically in the idea of of the devotional ideal. So here it says, anyway, this is what comes to my mind when I read it. He doesn't do any practical service. What is he, in Maya? <laughs> he doesn't do any... How pra- you know, many times you heard that practical service? And it's important to do practical service, but in a, in a general sense, but real service is to serve the Lord in Lila. Leela. So now a verse from Bhagavatam. Samo man buddher, dhamma indriya samyama, Titiksha dukkha samarshopasta jaoditi. The word Sama or Shanta Rasa indicates that one is attached to the lotus feet of Krishna. Dhamma means controlling the senses and not being deviated from the service of the Lord. Endurance of unhappiness is Titiksha, and driti means controlling the tongue and the genitals. Krishna Mina Krishna Tyag Tarkarjamani. Giving up all desires not connected with Krishna is the business of one who is in Shantarasa. Only a devotee of Krishna can be situated on that platform. He is called a Shantarasa Bhakta. So the two primary characteristics of Shantarasa are freedom from material desires, attachment to Krishna, impassive passive adoration. moksha. Krishna bhakta naraka kodimane, Krishna nishta, Krishna tyag, shanter duigune. You now he just said the same thing. Svarga moksha, Krishna bhakta naraka kodimane. Someone who is in the śānta-rasa, he doesn't care to go to the heavenly planets, he's not concerned about liberation, which are the results of karma and gyan. Uh, for him, these things, naraka kodimane. They're no better than hell. He has Krishna-nishta; he's absorbed in in Krishna and uh, full attachment and trishna tiag. Shantar duigun. These are the two characteristics of Shantaras: Krishna-nishta, trishna, tiag. Trishna means taste for material things. So he has no; he's given up the taste for material things, and he is. Attached to Krishna. He quotes a verse from Bhagavatam, famous verse now. Narayana sarve Nakutas Jana Bibiti. Varga This is a verse quoted by Mahadev, Lord Shiva, describing the good qualities of Maharaj Chitraketu. Chitraketu came upon Lord Shiva and Parvati was sitting on his lap and he made a joke. Oh, it looks like Shiva, the great renunciate, is henpecked. And poverty became upset and cursed him. And he did not react to her cursing. He just accepted it. And Shiva just said, just see the quality of the devotees of Marayan. Whether they're in the material world, in heaven or hell, or liberated, they don't care for any of these positions. It doesn't matter to them. They're only-, only interested in serving the Lord. What is the value of, of devotion? You can be in hell, you can be in heaven, you can be liberated, unliberated, it doesn't matter. These are the objectives of everyone. Everyone wants to avoid hell, everyone wants to go to heaven, or if they're smart, they want to get liberated. And none of these things have any interest to the devotees. So what do they have? What is their position? dui gun vyape jane, akash These two qualities of shanta spread through the lives of all devotees. gives an example. They are like the quality of sound in the sky. Sound vibration is found in all the material elements. So you know in the saṅkhya of the Bhagavatam, there are five basic material elements. Earth, or solidity, water, liquidity, fire, heat, and... uh air, which makes for movement, and akash, ether, which is the space that accommodates it all and makes for sound, the possibility of sound. So he's saying here that just as sound, which is found in, which is the characteristic of ether, of which there is no other characteristic, there is no smell in ether, smell corresponds with earth, There is no taste in ether as there is in water. There is no form in ether as there is to fire and air. Touch. There is no touch in ether. There is only sound in ether. But while there is only sound in ether, in air there is sound and touch. In fire there is sound, touch and sight. You can see fire. And in water, there's sound, touch, sight, and taste. You can taste water. And in earth, there's sound, touch, taste, and smell. Sound, touch, taste, sight, sight, and smell. So he's saying that sound pervades all of these material elements. Similarly, the two qualities of the Shanta Bhakta detachment from material life and attachment for Krishna are found in all loving relationships with Krishna. Although they're exclusive, and once they the only thing found that characterizes the Shanta Bhakta's love, these characteristics are found in every other devotee type of love as well. It's a nice example. Shantera swabhav Krishna Mamoto Gandahin Param Brahma Paramatma Gyanapravin So it says here that He's kind of describing it marginally here. He's given the principal characteristics of Shanta Bhakti. Now he says, here's something about what's not in it, which implies that it is in other forms of Bhakti. And that is, Krishna Mamuta Gandahin. There is not a scent, not a trace of Mamata intimacy, mindness, Like Krishna is mine. It's um, Param Brahma, Paramatma. Gyan Bhoomi, it's predominated by knowledge of the Lord's power as the Supreme Brahman, as the, as Paramatma. Kebal Swarup Kahan Hoi Shantaras? Purneshvaya Prabhu Gyan Adika Hoi Dasiye. So, as in Shantaras, one realizes one's Swarup, he's self-realized, but Further, when one comes to what's called dasya, now this is the second type of loving relationship, dasya, punaishvaya prabhugyan adhikahoyi dasya, he comes into full understanding of the opulence. So the idea here is that the shanta bhakti is more preoccupied with brahman, which is a feature of the Lord, paramatma, feature of the Lord, whereas... The Dasya Bhakti is more fully acquainted with Bhagavan, Bhagwan Vishnu, not Ayan. And he's fully acquainted with all the opulences. The Kumaras, they were Shanta-bhaktas. They came to the gates of Vaikuntha, they were Shanta-bhaktas there. But everybody, so many inside, they were like Jai Vijay, they were Dasya Bhaktas. They are more acquainted with the opulence of the Lord. I mean, there are Shanta Bhaktas in Vaikuntha also, but they tend to be um, a little removed from the Lord directly. They tend to almost prefer meditation upon the Lord as to Sakshat Darshan. direct. Ishvajnana sambrahma yeah. Golova prachur seva kohi krishna sukha on the Dasya platform, knowledge of the Lord is revealed with awe and veneration. By rendering service to Krishna, the devotee in Dasya Rasa gives constant happiness to the Lord. So, Hanuman is an example of a Dasya Bhakta. In relation, he was a Bhakta of Ram, one of the Lord's manifestations in Vaikuntha. Service in awe and veneration. Now Bhakti, of course, um, is, as I mentioned earlier, also has its appearance in Golok, in, in the Brajlila. So that's a special kind of Dasya Bhakti. And other than that there are there are two types of Dasya Bhakti. There's Sambrahma and Godava. They're mentioned here. Sambrahma Godava Prachur. Sambrahma means that relationship between the devotee and the Lord, where the devotee sees himself as the servant, the Lord as the master. And Gauravaprita, that means where the devotee sees himself as being maintained by the Lord, like a son of the Lord. That's not found too much in Bhai but in in Goloka we have sons. Krishna has so many sons there. And... uh, that's a kind of uh, dasya bhakti. When we go to go to, to uh, the Brajanugas, those who follow the, the, the Braj devotees, Krishna and Vrindavan in the, in the rural setting, pastoral setting. And these kind of dasya bhaktas, their dasya, their servitude tends to be tinged with sakya. That's why sometimes it's said Goloka begins with sakya. Because the sakya means what? It means that that, that the it means pranay. It, it's, it's one of its principal characters. Pranay means it means the, the kind of feeling that you have for a person when you're very close with them. And so, if they touch you, it doesn't bother you. You don't mind it. Whereas, if any other person touches you, go, I'm sorry, excuse me, or yuck, or whatever, you move, you move away <laughs> in the crowd. Or even even if I know you, and but I bump in, you go, I'm, excuse me, but. There are people that you have certain attachment for that if you bump into them or touch them in any way that you don't bother saying anything. You so much identify with them. This is the idea of parnai. This is the characteristic of sakya. And so the Bhaktas tend to have, they're, they're tinged with that. Therefore, sometimes it's it's said that the, the, this golog, this brajalog begins with sakya. This is a little, kind of the lower end of sakya, the dasyas. I mean, there are persons in bhakti. They're in Dasya Bhakti, but it's in, in, in but it's, it's tinged with Sakya. Now you have the Sakyas, the friends themselves, and the lower end of them are tinged with Sakya. You see both sides of the equation. And then, the lower yeah. end of the is tinged with, with Dasya. With Dasya. yeah. And the higher end of the dasyas is tinged with, with Sakya. Shante dha, guna Dasye acche adhika sevam. Ata So he says the qualities of shantaras are also present in dasiras as we've already discussed, and he's given that a nice example. But service is added, thus dasya contains qualities of both shanta and dasya. So we have three qualities here: we have giving up material attachment, affection for Krishna, and practical service to Krishna in, in the lila. Shanter guna dasier. Say one, Sakhi Dui Hai Dasya Sambramo Gaurava Seva Sakhi The qualities of Shanta Rasa and the service of Dasya are both present on the platform of Sakya Rasa. We're going to the third one now. Sakhi means friendly. It's like you can be a, have passive adoration, you can serve a master, or you can have a friendship with somebody. These are all expressions of love. On the platform of fraternity, the qualities of dasya, rasa, are mixed with confidence of fraternity instead of awe and veneration. So, again, awe and veneration is left behind here. And Vrindavan, the brajlila, is characterized by the by the lack of awe and veneration. So the dasya is there, as I say. It's much tinged with sakya for the most part, which is does away with the sense of, of reverence that makes Goloka the a, a intimate place of love that it is. He says, Kande chade, Kande chadai, Kode kridaran, Krishna sevi, Krishna kodai, Apona sevan. He's describing the characteristics further of Sakya bhakti. He says, Kande chade, Kande chadai, kore kridaran. He says, On the shoulders, sometimes. They get up on Krishna's shoulders, sometimes Krishna gets up on their shoulders. And kore kridaran, they sometimes, they, they engage in, in mock fighting with one another. This is a kind of love of Krishna, love of God, it's very extraordinary to think about. And we can relate a little bit to Shanta, meditation, and, and Lord Dasya, serving the, the Master, We've come a long distance here from there to come to this Sakya bhakti, where the object of love, the supreme absolute truth appearing as Krishna is being wrestled with with the, by these other these boys who are in their swarup their their spiritual body of a friend of Krishna, sometimes they defeat Krishna, and Krishna has to as a consequence of the play has to carry them on his shoulders, and sometimes they they carry Krishna on their shoulders and this way. Krishna-seve, Krishna-kore, apana-sevan. Sometimes they serve Krishna, sometimes Krishna serves them. Vishrambha-pradhan-sakya, sambramahin ata eva ata-eva-sakya-rasar-teen-gunacheen. So, Vishrambha-pradhan-sakya, he says the root of this uh, sakya is Vishram, Vishrambha, it means confidence. It means the kind of confidence that can come amongst equals amongst equal people of equal stature in friendship there can be possibility of, of confidence you can confide that means in your friend you don't have anything to hide from him this is the idea I, and it, it also means that, again that these devotees in sakura these coward friends of Krishna they see him as their equal, they don't see him anyway as superior. It's said here, Gaurava Sambramahin. just like we heard what? Mamata gandahin In a Shantaras there's no scent of, of Mamata, of, of, of intimacy. In here, Gaurava Sambramaheen, there's no scent of, the, of, of these things. Awe and veneration are absent on this platform of fraternity. Of course, there are different kinds of Krishna's friends. There are the Purisamundi, the friends in the city, like Arjuna, and then in, in, in Dwarka, you have friends of Krishna. But as the, we move from those places of Lila towards the Braj, the friendship becomes more and more intimate, and we reach the real pure friendship in Vrindavan amongst the Priyasakas, Sridam, Sudam, Stoker, Krishna—all these boys—they have pure fraternal love. Amongst the brujh lok sakas there are four divisions. So below these two, in a sense, are the sakkas, whose again their friendship, I mentioned this earlier, is tinged with servitude, and you know they'll be carrying. A, pots on their head as they go cow herding or the picnic baskets and and so forth and and then you have those friends whose friendship is mixed with well you have pure friends like I said who, they're just friends then you have friends whose friendship sentiment friendly sentiment is mixed with parental love like older friends he's he's a friend of mine but he's a little older and he looks out for me Baladev has this. Baladev also has Dasya in him. Baladev also has fraternity in him. He governs over all three of these also as well. In Golok, he's in charge of them. And then you have friends. We have the the Sakyas, the the Suhrit. Suhrit means like well-wisher, those kind of type of friends, as I mentioned. Then we have the Priyasakas, who are just dear friends, and then Sakas. Narma Narma means like joking. So, what it implies is that they they, they know secret things about Krishna and they're making jokes about that they know about his romantic life. So, they're dear, but they're involved in all those kind of dealings of Krishna with the gopis and they counsel him in this regard and so forth. These Rupa Goswami is singled out as being. special amongst all the Sakas. Their their position is quite um, unique. Atyantikya Gya. They have secret knowledge. Amongst the friends, they have secret knowledge about Krishna's preoccupation with the gopis, with Radha and so forth. And they, so they they counsel him about these type of things and they assist him directly in this. It's a special group. Mamata Adhika Krishna Atma Summa Gyaan Atto Iva Sakya Vashu Bhagavan. On the platform of Sakirasa, the Supreme Personality of God Krishna is controlled by the devotees who are intimate with him and think themselves equal to him. But Shanter Sevoner Now he goes to the next level. We had passive adoration, service, fraternity. And now, vatsalya, maintenance of the Lord. It means parental love, like your mother maintains you. So vatsalya, shantar, guna, dasya, sevan. On the platform of parental love, called vatsalya, the qualities of shantaras, dasiras, and sakiras are transformed into a form of service called palana. Palana means to protect, to maintain. So they become the protectors of Krishna. Mother Yashoda is protecting him. and She counsels Baladeva every day when he goes into the forest. Now, you're his older brother. You take care of him. Protect him. Always watch out for him. Sakir guna agoravshar, tadana vyavohar The essence of fraternal love is intimacy devoid of formality and veneration found in Dasiras. Due to a greater sense of intimacy, the devotee, functioning in parental love, chastises and rebukes the Lord in an ordinary way. Apane apanare gyan, krishna palya vatsalya rasa, amrita saman On the platform of parental love, the devotee considers himself the Lord's maintainer. Thus, the Lord is the object of maintenance, like a son. And therefore, this mellow is full of the qualities of four rasas, shantadasya, sakya, and vatsalya. This is more transcendental nectar, Kaviraj Goswami says. So this is, of course, very, all this is very unique theological contribution of the godiyas. The general idea in the world is that God is the father and we're the sons and daughters. Here in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, we have the concept of the sonhood of Godhead. God becomes the son of His devotee, and you can understand from this, by your own practical experience, that the son's love for the father is generally not intense as the father's as intense as the father's son love for the son. Father, mother are taking care of the child, even when he doesn't care. They're, they're making sure to take care of him, give him good advice, and he doesn't even want to listen to it. He just wants to get out of the house and go somewhere else. They don't want him to leave. He wants to get out of the house. So their their affection for him is stronger than his affection for them, generally. There was a story. You know, one of the preachers of Gauti that was sent to Europe, He was invited to a uh, a a theatrical performance it was theistic and in the drama the main stage all the players were acting and every now and then from the balcony God came out said something I bless you I condemn you something like that so when he saw that then he explained to them he said course this is theistic and that's good he said but you've kept God in the balcony whereas in our tradition we put him right on this front on the stage he's in the center of the life not in the balcony to be, while we go on and he just blesses it uh, every now and then but he's in the center stage So we he told him we have a concept of the sonhood of Godhead this has turned the whole thing upside down and this is what Godi Vaishnavism has really done largely that the, in the theological world, it has made it a unique uh, contribution in this regard as to the possibility of loving relationships with God beyond the general conception of love and God, which we began with passive adoration, love of God in awe and reverence, actually entering into the life of God, being a servant, what well, to speak of friend, the parent of God. Oh my gosh! Let me go on from here. Of course, say Amrita Bhakta Apone Krishna Bhakta kohe Gyani Gane. The exchange of spiritual happiness between Krishna and his devotee, in which Krishna is controlled by his devotee, is compared to an ocean of the nectar into which a devotee and Krishna plunge. This is the verdict of learned scholars to appreciate Krishna's opulence he gives a nice shriman verse from Padma purana that some of you may know etidrik salilabir anandakunde swagosham ima jantam akya payantam tadishita agneshu bhakta ritatvam punapremadhastam satavati vande from Padma purana it's a part of what we call the damodar ashtakam we usually sing this in the month of damodar during the kartik season. Kartika is another name for that month. It comes in October and November. It's one of the verses in that stutram, in that prayer. So he says, they plunge into an ocean of nectar. The verse is, It's an ocean, a, a lake, a kund of of joy. Again and again, I offer my obeisances to the Supreme Lord. Oh, my Lord, I offer my obeisances hundreds and thousands of times with all affection because by your personal pastimes you plunge the devotees into an ocean of nectar appreciating your opulence devotees generally declare that you are always subjugated by their feelings and, um, so he cites this this is Pramana verse it's Dhammadrastakam and in it, and this particular one this verse about Vatsalya Bhakti so it's appropriate then he goes on now to the final Stage of um, final possibility of love. Madhurjarase Krishna nishta seva ati hai sakir asun kocha lalana mama tadikya hai. On the platform of conjugal love, which here he calls Madurjarase. Now he's already told previously why he's under This is not the traditional name of of conjugal love or love between a man and a woman in the, in the aesthetic literature of uh, the Gaudias or, or, or uh, Ras Shastra. Traditional name is? Shingarasa. But Kabirash Goswami says, when talking about it earlier in this book, he says, it's so nice. I call it madhurdya, sweet. All of the relationships with Krishna in Braja are sweet. They're all madhurdya. But the, the, the one that is, he says, sweet amongst the sweet, I call it Madhurya itself, Madhuriya rasa. So here he's using that language, that's where it comes from, his own determination. I don't know if we've heard this actually in, in any of the other texts. This may be the insight or the contribution of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, whereas in the other writings of the Goswami's... Madhuram, Madhuram, there are verses like this, but he's replaced the word, Sringarasa, with Madhurda. He says on that platform, attachment for Krishna, which we found in Shantarasa, along with detachment, of course, from material existence, not something to forget. Service to him, the relaxation. What does relaxation refer to? Friendship. Friendship. Kick your feet up. You know, on the desk. We can relax. We're friends. Relax. We're friends. Relax, just to help understand the, the sentiment. And the feelings of maintenance or protection, which is characteristic of Vatsalya, all increase in intimacy. So, what is the characteristic of Madhuri Rasa? Kanta babe nijanga dia kodena sevan ataiva Rasa hoi panchogun. He says there's five here. On the platform of conjugal love, the devotee offers his body in the service of the Lord. Thus on the platform of transcendental qualities, thus on this platform, the transcendental qualities of all five rāsas are present. He said it earlier, he says, all these come together into a form of what we call intimacy. And then he further explains, they offer their bodies to Krishna. this is the gopīs. So, you can see that in one sense, of the mukira, so the full face of that loving experience, objectively, it can be determined. Akashadi guna jena para para bhute, ek duitin chari krami pan All the material qualities evolve one after another in the material elements, beginning from ether. I see he's further playing out his example that we explained earlier at the beginning of this discussion. Now this is the end of the discussion. By gradual evolution, first one quality develops, then two qualities develop, then three, then four, until all five qualities are found in the earth. Similarly, on the platform of conjugal love, all the feelings of the devotees are amalgamated, amalgamated, the intensified taste is certainly wonderful. A bhakti raser lan kori This is the conclusion now of these teachings. Mahaprabhu says, I have simply given you a general survey describing the mellows of the devotional service. You can consider how to adjust and expand this. This section began with the fact that Rupa Goswami was empowered by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with two things, the theoretical understanding and realization. Now he he, he talks a little bit about the theoretical explanation. He says here, what I've given you, this is the general idea, this is the theology of Godivationism. Now you adjust it and expand upon it. That means you write Bhaktivedo Sammi to Sindhu. That book, write a book about this and develop it in great detail. Like Prabhupada used to say to us, I've given, as right now, use your intelligence and spread Krishna consciousness. Give some license for that, to think. <laughs> it's okay. Sridharmash told us, Your Guru Maharshi told you to stop thinking. He put so much inside of you. Now he's gone. I'm telling you, you have to start thinking about all those things that were put inside of you and how to apply them in unique circumstances. You can't just go now and say, Prabhupada, what do you think about this? You have to think. What did I see? What did Prabhupada do? What did the previous uh, teachers do? In similar circumstances, the book is there, what does the book say? And then pray about that, come up with a, what to do in every, every given instance. How to explain, What? To, how to act, what course to take. You know, and some, some like to say, well, he's gone, but his books are here. So we just refer to the books. But the books are a passive agent of divinity. They can't ask you if you understood. They tell you, but they can't go after you and say, did you understand what I'm saying? Well, when our Gurudev Prabhupada was here, he would do that. So. And as I said recently in my visit in Canada, I told the devotees, what you need, what we need, is to have our understanding challenged. Without that, how will we make progress? I said, "This, I may not be a preacher, but this is the business of a preacher—to challenge your understanding so that you may grow." It was just it was well put. You'll hear it on the CDs. It was uh, you just can't argue with it. That's what he's doing. Yes, that's what's supposed to be done. That's what he's doing. That's the business of the sadhu. We're having sadhu sangha. We just got it. This is, this is kind of like, oh, huh, yeah. This is what it's about. And this is what's happening. Because the word sadhu is so loosely applied, and, and, and people even think that they, that they don't. Sadhu sangha means associate with devotees what it is. This is what it means. To have your. You know, the sadhu is someone who challenges your understanding so that you can grow. What did you understand? How have you understood it? Says things a little differently, and you're used to hearing. About, so that he can have you just taken in some information, and are you just regurgitating that, or do you have any, any understanding of that? So if I speak about it in a different vocabulary, in a different way, you can understand it's still Krishna consciousness. It's the same. It's the same thing. This is the business of the Sadhu. This is what we need in order to grow. Don't. Shy away from that. Otherwise you've distanced yourself from the very thing that excuse me that gives gives birth to real bhakti. Sadhu Sangha. The Sadhu is not supposed to come and just pat you on the back and just tell you things that you've heard over and over and over again and you show some formal respect, and you're hoping that some new person is in the audience so they'll get some benefit i gave a talk in san diego a year or so back and it was it was by my own estimation it was a good talk and that's a pretty good talk i i liked it i was listening to what was coming out of my mouth and uh with with some uh uh, surprise and uh so after the talk there was some questions and one devotee asked a question she said well you know Maharaj and she looked around because there were some new people there and um, not that I didn't take them into consideration I did but I talked many things for the devotees who were there too she said you haven't said anything you haven't really stressed in about chanting uh, isn't it important to chant Hare Krishna and I could understand from her question that she's thinking that this is preaching is for new people it's not for devotees there's you got to tell everybody about the chant we already know and we, we already know we already know and as uh, so, so I, I tried to explain a little bit I uh, can't recall entirely how I responded but this was my reaction to it oh, you think this is just for somebody else it's not for you uh, you have nothing to learn because you know that you're supposed to chant Hare Krishna that's true in one sense, that's true just chant Hare Krishna but you don't just chant Hare Krishna so you need so much teaching so much shiksha and therefore Mahaprabhu empowered Rupa Goswami to write bhakti to Samrita sindhu and explain all these things in great detail and we can't go back and say wait a minute Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't say that where did he say that mm-hmm. you're saying that mm-hmm. who are you to say that he's the person who was empowered by Mahaprabhu and this is what all gurus want to empower their disciples to carry on this tradition and explain it dynamically and uh, take up the mantles and speak, take the torch and pass it on and shed new light and see how Rupa Goswami did that to what extent I mean Mahaprabhu spoke to him for you know a few 10 days it took a little more than 10 days to write Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu then Jiva Goswami commented on it that took more than 10 days too. Vishwanam Chakravati Takur on it to explain what's in it. this is a vast 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 undertaking To try to put in a book what Mahaprabhu told him, what was implied, so how much he got from that. This is Parampara. More should come, not less should come. He said everything. You should say only less. (laughs) That much or less. (laughs) Then you're bona fide. (laughs) If you say anything more, then you're suspect. This is the antithesis of what Guru Parampara is about. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, as you can see, these are this is a this is where Gaudiya Vaishnavism excels and uh, a huge edifice of, of theo, theological edifice. Uh, the, what new, different nuances of love of God? And so, then Rupa Goswami took the task to erect that in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu and then in Ujbal Nilmani as well, the sequel to the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And it's a lot of study to, to undergo and uh, a lot of theoretical knowledge. It's important. But Mahaprabhu says something else now. He says, Bhavite bhavite Krishna spure antare Krishna kripai rasa He says, When one thinks of Krishna constantly, love for him manifests within the heart, even though one may be ignorant. One can reach the far shore of the ocean of transcendent love by Krishna's mercy. So one way to take this is well, even if you can't study all of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu and so forth, then realization. He's also saying this is this is important. And the theoretical knowledge is there. The realization is is important. Theoretical knowledge should help us to pursue realization. Realization is everything. If you can't study all the theoretical knowledge, because someone may say, well, I can't study all that. That's too much. You say you're here to challenge my understanding, but I don't have very much understanding. And Whatever happened to just chant Hare Krishna? Sometimes they say like that. Some my person, you can just chant Hare Krishna, but then that's not so easy, and who's doing that? So if you want to say, "Marj, why have to learn all these things? Why can't I just chant Hare Krishna? And my reply is, why don't you just chant Hare Krishna? Why do you do so many other things? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> why you do so many other things, and, and what they are, and if you understand that, how you can re- eliminate those things from your life and be happy, <laughs> and just chant Hare Krishna, this is what all the philosophy is about, and the theology too. If we don't hear the theology, then then we won't we won't be able to really reach the conclusion that I can just chant Krishna Nam, maybe some other Nam, or I can do some other type of spiritual practice. But if we know who Krishna is theologically, then. And we have the enthusiasm to take up the kind of practice who will make our lives um, full of love of God. That's the whole idea. Krishna's too by the so I am. He has the capacity to draw all love. He has the greatest capacity to accept service and that tells us what Goloka is about, what kind of service is going on there, what kind of self-sacrifice, self-forgetfulness type of service is its foundation they're in touch with that manifestation of divinity that has the greatest capacity to draw to accept service and of course the whole leelas is this reciprocation to live in that as I drew this point out at great length in one talk and again don't miss that talk about Krishna's tuba and so it was the last talk I gave. I want to listen to it myself. So this ends anyway, the this section of Mahabrabhu's teaching. And then for a few verses more, the uh, leela is explained. We'll just go over that the next time as Mahabrabhu... Well, I'll read it in English. It's time is short, but he says, After saying this, Kaviris Goswami says, Mahabrabhu embraced Rupa Goswami. The Lord decided to go to the city of Benares. Next morning, Mahabrabhu arose, Prepared to leave for Banaras, Rupa Goswami submitted the following statement the Lord is to the lotus feet of the Lord If you give me permission, I'll go with you. It's not possible for me to tolerate the waves of your separation. Mahaprabhu replied, Your duty is to carry out my order. You have come near Vrindavan, now you should go there. Later, you can go from Vrindavan to Puri through Bengal, and there you will meet me again. After embracing Rupa Goswami, Mahaprabhu got into a boat. Rupa Goswami fainted on the spot. The Brahman from Deccan took Rupa Goswami to his home. Thereafter, the two brothers, that means Rupa and Anupam, departed for Vrindavan. After walking and walking, Mahaprabhu finally arrived at Benares, where he met Chandrasekhar, who was coming out of the city. In a dream, Chandrasekhar had seen Mahaprabhu had come to his home. Therefore in the morning Chandrasekhar went outside the the city to receive the Lord. He was already accustomed to having these kind of dreams. While Chandrasekhar was waiting outside the city, he suddenly saw Mahaprabhu arrive. He fell down at the Lord's feet, being very happy. He took the Lord to his home. Tapadmishra also heard the news of the Lord's arrival in Benares. He went to Chandrasekhar's house to meet him. After talking, he invited the Lord to take lunch at his place. Tapadmishra took Mahaprabhu to his house, gave him lunch, Transhaker invited the Charja to take lunch at his home as the assistant of Mahaprabhu. After offering lunch to Mahaprabhu, major begged a favor of the Lord and requested him to award him mercy. He said As long as you stay in Banaris, don't accept an invitation for lunch from anyone but me. It was known that to known to Mahaprabhu that he would remain there only five or seven days. He would, and he would not accept any invitation involved the Mayavadi sannyasis. With this understanding, Mahaprabhu agreed to accept his lunch at Tapan Mishra's. The Lord made his residence at the home of Chandrasekhar. The Maharashtrian Brahmin came, the Lord met him. Out of affection, the Lord bestowed his mercy upon him. Hearing that Mahaprabhu had come, all the respectable members of the Brahmin and Chaturji communities came to see him. Much mercy was bestowed upon Rupa Goswami, and I have briefly described all those topics. Whoever hears this narration with faith and love certainly develops love of God at the lotus feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, praying at the lotus feet of Sri Rupa and Sri Raghunath, always desiring their mercy, I, Krishna, Das, narrate Chaitanya, Charitamrita, following in their footsteps. Shri Chaitanya Charitamrata ki jai, Shri Krishna as Kavirajur ko saami maha shayi ki jai, jai Shri Goli Vashtana Guru Parampara ki jai, Goli Bhaktivinda ki jai, Goli